I'm Ricky. I'm from all of Sound in Australia. How are you going, mate? Yeah, man, I'm all good. How are you? Yeah, I'm really good, thanks. Um, I'm here to chat to you all about good things and all things good. With Bring Me the Horizon, you guys got a lot going on at the moment. It's a really exciting time. Yeah, busy. <laughs> it is. So we've got so much cool shit to chat about. Most importantly, you're coming down to Australia post-pandemic for good things, and this time it's a headliner. How's it feeling closing the show after being Australian festival veterans for so many years, mate? It's pretty nuts, to be honest, man. It's not something I've given a lot of thought to. It's a weird one. To be a festival headliner was never really a, the goal. Not because I didn't want it, just because I didn't think our band would ever be in a position. I just never thought we'd be doing that kind of thing. So it's pretty nuts. It's pretty wild. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. And you guys are getting quite used to the headline slot at the moment. You just wound up your own headline festival at your own festival in Malta. How the hell was that experience, man? I was really special, actually. It was really cool because... It was just something we did for the fans, really, like uh, like 6,000 people. So not like a festival, you know, nothing compared to what good things are going to be or, you know, like, like Le- Reading or Leeds or anything like that. But just, you know, putting some on way, it's just, you know, we're really the fans, our fans and the kind of little, the core fan base that we've made over the years. You know, we didn't know how it was going to go because it was like, I don't know, to ask people to go to a different country to see you play and, you know, it wasn't cheap in paying for flights and hotels and everything else. We were like, oh, is this going to be a washout? But it was really fucking good. And it was just a nice thing to do, like, for us. And we we had, like, a throwback set where we played some old songs and stuff, which we were kind of dreading. But again, it was just it was just a really, like, it felt really cool to do. And, like, I mean, especially after the last two years of just not doing anything, to see that kind of turn out and, and you know, just to see literally our fans and the people that have supported us over the years and seeing like old faces and new faces and everything it was just like a really really special thing and it was such a like the place and the whole setup and stuff was not like anything i've seen before for like a rock event you know it was like i guess because the infrastructure was like set up for dance you know like dance music and stuff like that and house and shit like that so it was just surreal to see all these moshers in an infinity pool at some like swanky beachside bar. It was fucking surreal, but it was really cool. And I think a lot of people had a really cool experience because it was like a holiday with a fucking gig. Do you know what I mean? So I don't know what people were expecting, but I feel like a lot of people were like surprised at what it actually was. And that, but I mean, so many people just said they had the best few days of their life. So yeah, it was thankfully a success and not a metal fire festival. I was just about to say, Ollie, how many nightmares did you have that it could be a fire festival situation? I mean, we're, uh, we're quite, I want to say we're pessimistic, but we joke about that stuff just in case it's going to happen because it's scary. Like our first ever real taste of putting on our festival or headlining anything was one we did in England called All Points East. And, you know, we kind of curated the lineup and we were headlining and, and it's on us to sell the tickets and stuff. And that was so stressful. I think like when we announced it on the, the first day, the tickets went on sale. And this is like, you know, like a festival that's like 20 to 30,000 people go. And we, I think the first day we sold about 500 tickets and we were just like, they didn't even tell us this. It was really rough. It was amazing in the end, but it was, being honest, it was like just a very stressful experience and so we were just like we're kind of scarred from that so we were really worried about this one but yeah thankfully we had nothing to worry about i'm glad it was a special one um now from what i heard um that multi set was a little bit heavier from that catalog what was that like and could we expect a possibility like that of good things in australia uh, uh we've we're, 
<laughs> we've really done it now, haven't we? Because that's what everyone's going to be asking. I don't know. It definitely made me want to put some more old stuff in the set. It is difficult, like, after you've been a band for 20 years, because it's like the songs that we just feel like we have to play and songs that we feel like we want to play and we need to play. And especially with how well our last record was received, there's so much post-human in there as well. It's like, and now we're like really attached to playing the songs live. It's really hard to find the space, but I feel like people are going to be disappointed if we don't, don't put at least one or two golden oldies in there. So maybe. All right, golden oldies. You heard it here first at the Wall of Sound, right? <laughs> See how we go, eh? Now, speaking of post-human, we're talking about contemporary Bring Me the Horizon. We've got a brand new single out. It's less than a week old called Strangers. How's the reception been on that one, mate? You know what? I'm trying this new thing where I don't look. And so I, I really, I'm not even kidding, apart from like Jordan texting me and showing me like little bits and stuff like that, I, I haven't seen anything. So I hope it's good, but I like literally just have detached myself completely from it because I get a little bit, not obsessive, but you know, it's, it's easy to get like reeled in and be like, how many streams has it got? How many monthly listeners are we on? Like, what's it doing? What do people think? Do people like it? Do people think we suck now? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, you know what? Whatever it does, it's going to do with whether I look or I don't look. And all me looking is going to do is just get obsessive. So I've just let it go. So I'm hoping, I, I mean, I don't, I haven't heard anything negative. So fingers crossed people are liking it. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's a really special song for me. I'm really proud of it. And it means a lot to me. And it's just nice to have some new music out as well. I'm really excited to play it live and yeah. You have no idea how it's going. So when will you break the silence and find out all the things that you've been waiting to find out? I don't know if I will, you know, I think I'll just let it be. And, you know, I mean, obviously like if anything extra special happens with it, uh, I'm sure management or someone will tell me. But aside from that, I'm just going to let it, you know, let it go and let it be. That's very zen of you, Ollie. I like it. Yeah, I'm trying to, I'm trying, I'm trying, <laughs> I'm trying to be that that guy I love it now prior to strangers and die for you you guys have been a bit of a business of collabs a lot of them um enough for an EP if you wanted to go down that track and I even love yeah. it on the socials ahead of die for you to go we've got a new coming and we promise that it's just us what's it been like doing all this work with all these great artists yeah it's been sick man um a lot of them were doing lockdown to be honest um I was like you know always had a lot of spare time and I did one or two and like just a lot of good, a lot of good stuff came where I was like, you know what, I'll, this is sick, this song's sick, or I really fuck with this artist, and it's my way to to support that artist or to also just like get out some like creative urges that I have that I maybe I would otherwise inflict on our band and everyone would hate me for it. So, <laughs> like, yeah, there's certain stuff you know, like I love so many different kinds of music and, and stuff like that, and. I love pop music to black metal to whatever. And it's like, I think sometimes like I would love to put all of that stuff into our music, but it's not possible. And sometimes like, like I sometimes I almost want to be a completely different band. And, you know, and I think there's been moments in our career and on, on some albums where like, I've, I've tried to do that. And, you know, it's almost like taking a step back. I'm like, but there's bands that do that and they'll always do it better than us. And we are a rock band and, you know, I'm not saying that we'll never, we can't push the boundaries because that's what we're all about. But I'm like experimenting, doing stuff. But like, I guess I've kind of accepted and, and also like sympathise with fans where they're like, we are a rock band, and if we lose that element of us, then it's like 
it's not what people signed up for. Do you know what I mean? So for me, like the collabs have been a really nice way of getting like just just getting to do whatever I want and, and not worrying about the fans because I'm like, well, if you don't like it, you don't. You literally don't have to listen to it. And if you don't like it, then just be grateful that I'm not imposing it on you in our music and stuff like that. But yeah, I guess as well as that, it's just like at some point you feel like you you can't give yourself, you know, you have to be like selective with this stuff and you can't give yourself to everyone and stuff. But then I realised, you know, why? Like if you genuinely like a song that someone's put forward to you or an artist that you want to support and stuff, why not? Because it's, it's a special thing and it's a nice connection. And, you know, it's, um, it's just something I've really been enjoying doing. And I mean, I did a fucking lot and I know people are like complaining, but yeah, it's, it's just something I like doing outside. So I think I will continue to do it. It's, it'll be a bit quieter now for a while, but yeah. No, I really like that perspective. I think it's been a great outlet. It's been a great way to hear you do different things. And I understand the where you want to sort of stay within that, bring me the horizon, uh, rock band realm. Um, but on that note, when you guys released Post-Human Survival Horror, we sort of chatted to you about a potential series of EPs that allows you or enables you to do a few different EPs with a few different styles. Um, is that sort mm-hmm. of the track you're still going down? Are we expecting a Post-Human 2 with Die For You and Strangers? Uh, yeah, totally. So yeah, Strangers and Die For You are both songs off the next record, which we are working on. Every available moment that we have, it's tough and it's slow. I'm starting to feel like George R. R. Martin at this point, where he's just like people are just thinking, is he ever going to release this fucking book? We're starting to become that in band form, but uh, we are working on it, and we just feel like the bar's high now, and like we've we've got so many songs out that they have to be special, and we just don't want to put out crap and. Unfortunately, it takes like a long time for us to write a good song, so <laughs> we are working on it. I can but, appreciate um, that perfectionism. And now you've got people expecting Slayer riffs on every song after post-human survival horror, right? Yeah, yeah. They might get some more, who knows? We'll, uh, we'll have to keep our eyes peeled, hey, Ali? Yeah. Can we expect any big or cool surprises at good things in December when you headline an Australian festival? Um, I'm sure you can, but there would be surprises to me right now, so... There's nothing I can tell you, but yeah, I will, we'll make sure it's a fucking, we've got to do you proud. It's a big, um, it's an honour and it's a, it's a massive thing for us, so we will make sure we deliver. We're looking forward to it, mate. Now, one more for you, an interesting one. I grew up in Perth, Australia, and I believe you spent some of your early years too over in yeah. Perth. Do you remember any of it? I do. Yeah, Perth was, I lived in Adelaide and Perth for like five years altogether. I think maybe I spent two or three years in Perth. Actually, last time we were there, me and my dad went and we, we drove to the suburb that we lived in. The area I remember when I was a kid, it was called Sorrento Keys, but I think it, I guess it just changed its name or something. I don't think it's called that anymore. Hillary's maybe? I have no idea. The school I went to is called Marmion. Again, there I don't know if that's, that's, that's there or not. It was Marmion. And, but yeah, I remember the house, I remember the street, I remember the park down the road. And I remember going to go to the beach every fucking weekend because that's... It was so hot, that was the only thing to do. It's changed a lot, obviously, Perth, and it? The city and everything has, has changed massively over the last 20 years. But, I, yeah, I have really fond memories like of Perth and Australia in general. Unreal, mate. That's really cool. Well, look, Ollie, thanks so much for taking the time to chat with us. Here in Australia, ahead of your Good Things headliner, we're really excited for you, and we're looking forward to hearing some new tunes as well soon. Yeah, man, can't wait. Thank you very much. Thanks so much, Ollie. Take care.